Welcome to the Big Game Weekend Edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom. Zoom. Along with Lakina McGee and Lamont Scott, who is back. I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidK80. Once again, at SidK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan underscore McGee on the IG. And you can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott 69 on Instagram, and Lamont Scott 16 on Twitter. You go go to our website, weareregalradio.com, for all of our articles and other fun stuff and information there as well. You can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, along with the other podcast programming from War Media by simply searching for War on Anchor on all podcast platforms, including iHeartRadio, Google, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcast, make sure you uh, type in that search engine box, War on Anchor, that's W-A-R-R on Anchor. We're also on the tube, a.k.a. YouTube at War Media, once again, at W-A-R-R Media on YouTube. You can not only listen to us, but watch us do our thing live. Thank you in advance. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your buddies. Yes, it is the big game weekend between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs. We will get to all of our predictions and breakdowns coming up on the program. Of course, we'll have two illustrious guests. We'll we'll tell you who that is later. But first, we have some other sports news we must get to first. Since we are in Chicago, Lakina Lamont, Let's start off with the Chicago Bulls. Of course, if you listen to our last podcast, myself along with Lakina told you that there was a good chance that the Bulls would split with the New York Knicks. They did just that. The Bulls were victorious this past Monday against Tom Thibodeau and company by the score of 110 to 102 before losing to, to the Knicks again on Wednesday, 107 to 103 at the United Center. Lakina, we've been talking about the Bulls for the last few weeks, showing the fight, showing the heart. This team, even though they're one game better, I believe, than the team a year ago, uh, this is a different team, obviously, because of head coach Billy Donovan. But looking at that game Wednesday, I thought that the Bulls took a step back. Even though they tried to come back, uh, they fell a little bit short. Of course, they recovered nicely on Monday from last Saturday night's loss to the to the Portland Trailblazers. But as we said all year, folks, and we're going to keep saying this again to some of you get it, the Bulls still have a lot of work to do. Yeah, it's, look, it's, it's a building block, right? It's stepping, you know, baby steps and stepping stones. I mean, look, this team is, look, they were down, I think, what, 19 to the Knicks on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. But, you know, look, they, they they came back. They were able to claw their way back. They had a good chance to win the game, but, you know, they kind of fell into the bad habits, you know, taking ill-advised shots and turnovers and whatnot. But, I mean, the fact that they even came back, I think, is a win in of itself. Now... Yeah. They actually have a game. They actually have two games coming up this weekend against Orlando. Both are very winnable. Mm-hmm. Remember, they're out without Aaron Gordon, so those are very winnable games. So for for me, I think look, look, Levine, the Levine had a, had a good game. Kobe White went up and down, but he had a decent game on Wednesday. You know, look, it, it's it's sort of one of those things where look as long. Look, the team's confident to watch again. You, you, you're not dreading watching a Bulls game. I'm actually happy to see to watch a Bulls game again. So, it's it's good to see. Yeah, and, and you know what? Like you say, Lakina, it's plenty of growing pains. 
but growing pains are fine. Like even if you if you've been around the city for a while and you've been a fan of really any of our teams, you know you got to grow. I mean, it was a life before Michael Jordan, and we had to grow with Michael Jordan. I mean, sitting him next to mm -hmm. Quentin Daly and Orlando Wards, we had we was not winning. You know, so RP to both of them. <laughs> yes, God rest both their souls. Yes. You know, you you look you look at it, and it's like at least you, it's worth watching now. You know, it's a chance we can win. You look at three of those losses was by one shot. We should have beat the Lakers in L.A., but Zach missed. You know, what Dame did was a minor miracle. So you look at the losses that they have, and I, I mean, I even heard Billy Donovan talk about, well, they got to learn how to win and how to close out games. And that's going to come with time. I mean, if we was making these same mistakes two and a half months from now when the season about to end, then I would be a little worried and upset. But right now, I mean, I'm happy with the progress. And you can watch a Bulls game. I mean, they need to let uh, some of us go watch some of them, actually. We'll get to that later. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Uh, you bring up a great point, Lamont, as far as uh, the Bulls progressing and being watchable. We talked about this, Lakino, on our last podcast. I know Wendell Carter Jr. is out for the next month or so with his calf injury, but Laurie Marketing has stepped in and performed nicely. This past Wednesday, uh, it was a struggle for him. I was listening to a couple people, reading a couple things in uh, his play. Arturis Konishevich, the, the new um, president for the Bulls, uh, he was there at the game the other night. Uh, he didn't like some of the things that Laurie, that he saw from Laurie. And as we said all year, guys, even before the season started, this management doesn't owe this roster a damn thing. The only person that they're married to is their first-round draft pick, Patrick Williams. Laurie Marketing, his option was not picked up before the season started. I said at the time, I'll say it now, is a smart move. Even though Laurie Marketing has played well since he came back from his injury about a week, a week and a half ago now, uh, you still like to see more out of Laurie. Yes, he can shoot the ball, we know that, but I want to see him get more tough. On the flip side, Zach Levine, He's been one to prove that he's just more than just a scorer. And you, we've been seeing that all year, especially on the defensive end. It, it, look, it, it, it's, it's great to see. I mean, it, we're seeing sort of the improvements, but again, Laurie, you know, he missed some you know, bad shots early on. That's why the Bulls mm -hmm. got into the hole that they did. But like you said, Sid, I mean, the only guy they're really married to right now is, is Patrick Williams. So that, I guess they'll, they'll build with him, but we'll, we'll see what happens in that front. You know, Thaddeus Young had 19 off the bench, sort of let that great come back in the fourth quarter to, you know, to keep the Bulls within striking distance. So, you know, maybe perhaps, you know, stocking, rising his trade stock. So it's definitely sort of one of those things where I know people have their own expectations for the Bulls. Cause I've seen some people say, well, this is a playoff team. Let's slow down on that. Let's, let's get, <laughs> the, let's get to the 500 to 500 first. Then we can talk about playoffs or play-ins or whatnot. Yeah, yeah, and you know, you look, I think the the reason Laurie started off slow is because he was trying to replicate them 30-point games that he had. I mean, he was feeling himself like, I'm that man now, I can do it. Mm. And reality stepped in and shocked him right back into the present. So mm. when you look at <laughs> like Laurie, I mean, I I would consider actually moving him because they're not married to him. So get what you can get right now. And like you said, with Thad Young, they can maybe package him and Thad Young and get themselves a somebody out there who may can help them at least maybe a part of their future going forward. So, I mean, you know, I personally, Garrett Temple has been my, like, most happy pickup by the Bulls in a few years, actually. 
because he knows his role and his job. So he comes in and do what he has to do. So I think maybe doing something with marketing might be the best move, especially because we're not married. So you're listening to the weekend edition of Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee and the return of Lamont Scott. I am Cindy yeah. Brown. As we discuss the Chicago Bulls in the NBA, we'll get to the all-star game controversy in just a moment. Uh, I want to ask you that question, Lakina. How impressed have you been by the Bulls bench? Of course, my guy Daniel Gafford has been a big part all year. I know some games he hasn't played because of the no coach's decision, but Otto Porter Jr. started off the season hot. As you mentioned, Lamont Garrett Temple has been playing very well. Thaddeus Jones, we talked about Lakina. He wanted to be traded last year. I don't know if he's going to get his wish this year, but he's really up, up in his value right now with his play. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, like I said, the, the bench was the reason why the Bulls were able to catch up and be right there within striking distance that Wednesday game against the Knicks. I mean, him and Garrett Temple, I mean, you're kind of starting to see – he only had three points in the last game, but you're starting to see why, you know, players and coaches around the league revere him. He's kind of like that leader in the bench, you know, to kind of keep the guys going. He's sort of like the assistant to the assistant coaches to the head coach, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. But he's been really good. Um, look, Denzel Valentine, our buddy, my pet's favorite player. <laughs> not really, but <laughs> not really. But you know, he had 13 points. You know, also let that like, the comeback in the fourth quarter. He's been pretty good. Um, Sadaransky's made some, you know, key defensive plays. I mean, it, it's sort of you know the bench is sort of. I like the fact that. Don, Coach Donovan has like the guys that can kind of he can pick and choose. I mean, if he doesn't want to play Felici, Cristiano Felicio, then okay, you know, you're not going to play for a couple of games. Or, you know, Chandler Hutchinson, same thing. Also, Archie Diacono. I mean, they, you know, those are guys that can kind of, you know, move around and whatnot. So, look, the bench has been really solid for them. And, look, I think the bench is probably one of the reasons why the Bulls are actually better. They're actually – they've actually already matched their season win total or from about this time. So, you know, I think there's definitely – you know, definitely some improvement in that bench. Now, again, will some of these guys be around by the time the trade deadline starts? That's a whole nother topic, but I think you definitely got to like what you're seeing from the bench. And, 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 and not only that, I think it still all goes back to these guys maybe were competent last year. I think it goes back to having a real coach that allows a player to get in the best position possible to make the best play for themselves possible. And I think that's why you've seen some growth from Zach on the defensive end also because he's able to be taught by some coaches. You know, you got a good assistant over there also. So, I mean, I'm actually, you know, I look forward to Bulls games instead of having to watch Bulls games, if that makes any sense. <laughs> and speaking of looking forward to stuff, as we transition over to the bigger picture in the NBA, as we were told before the start of the season of this short 72-game season, of course, the schedules were released in halves. Uh, the the break, first half break, will be during the first week in March. But there has been a little bit of change of plans. March 7th in Atlanta, Georgia at used to be known as Phil's Arena. I think it's called State Farm Arena now, wherever the new corporate name is. (laughs) Uh, The All-Star Game for 2021 will be held there. Originally, it was supposed to be held in Indianapolis, but due to the COVID-19 pandemic, it was not held there this year. Indianapolis will get the game in 2024. I'll ask you first, Lamont, we talked about it a little bit before the show. Uh, Looking at we discussed this uh, in Mm -hmm. uh, a little bit last week. Lamont, I'll ask you, do you think that the 
that the All-Star game should be played this year. We heard comments from LeBron James saying this, a slap in the face. De'Aaron Fox, point guard to Sacramento Kings, said it, it was stupid, but we all know why they're doing it because of money. You have players flying in all over the country, and uh, with tighter restrictions now that the NBA has placed on these players over the last couple of weeks, do you even think that the All-Star game, sh uh, there should be an All-Star game this year? Um, well, you know, I think it shouldn't be simply because they said it shouldn't be. Now, as far as them playing it, I think if they agreed to play the season, then they going to play the All-Star game, and they should play the All-Star game because they agreed to play the season. If they wasn't going to play it, they should have said no then, but the NBA is the one that did the flip. So now that the NBA has done the flip, I think the NBA should give them that option like the NFL has and be like, well, I ain't going and I ain't going and I ain't going and I ain't going. And maybe once the NBA sees that, they may decide to bag up off of that. But at the same time, if they going to play, then they need to be there. Like I heard, I think I heard him say he would go if they, uh, if he's chosen or whatever. At the same time, for COVID reasons, they shouldn't do it because so many people are flying into a city that's quote unquote open. So that may be a problem because it's places in that state that are, that is open. So that could be a disaster for the NBA. So I'm thinking if they were to have it, if you thought restrictions were tight, they probably going to be that much tighter. But as far as people not going, I think you should give them that option that, okay, they're not going put somebody else in but from an NBA standpoint the NBA we know why they're doing it and the NBA probably is going to do it and it's enough players in the NBA to where if some of the bigger names don't want to go where they still will go and put on a decent performance so it's more basketball I think maybe LeBron coming out and saying look this is not a good idea I think they're kind of I think this will make them kind of put a pause and sort of think yeah you know what maybe this isn't a good idea because they're also having the players being allowed to travel to places like Hawaii and the U.S. Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico. And that is a recipe for disaster. And I think, look, there are other ways you can, you know, make money or perhaps maybe do something else and maybe do a, maybe do a trivia game or something like that. You know, maybe, you know, have do an NBA 2K, you know, that, that kind of thing. I mean, there are other ways they can do it. And I'm sure, look, I'm sure Turner will figure, would figure out something to do it. I mean, let's just have, you know, Ernie and, you know, Charles and Kenny and Shaq, maybe have, just have them talk for three hours. They've done it before. So let's just have them, you know, do that. So <laughs> I think there are other ways they can do this. And I think if you're Commissioner Silver, you don't want to have a disaster when they do come back from the All-Star break. You don't want guys to have to quarantine or have to, you know, if they get test positive, you know, or if they test everybody else and infect everybody else on their teams and coaches, because a lot of the coaches are, or you know, of a certain age. You don't want to, you know, bring that up. I'm sure some probably have pre-existing conditions too. So this is not, I, I think this will give them a pause to sort of say, you know what, like De'Aaron Fox said, this is actually probably is a stupid idea. <laughs> I've, I've had one opinion one opinion earlier is like I think it should be played, but uh, I don't think it should be played. I'm with LeBron James on this. He said, you know, they were the players were told at the beginning of the season there would be no All Star game because of the pandemic and plus because of the scheduling and the restrictions that the players are under. And we talked about this a little bit before the show. Uh, 
All-Star Weekend is for the fans. If you're not allowing fans in there, we all know they're not going to allow a full capacity, especially this season. That's not going to happen. But if you're not need, not allowing even half of those fans in that arena, because they were talking about bringing, uh, inserting the three-point contest in the slam dunk contest, that, those are fan events. If you're not allowing fans in there, why are you having it? It makes no sense. It's a fan reaction event. So you could just have the all-star game and you good. You can still have it without fans. But I, I, I like De'Aaron Fox said, we all know that they're, that they're doing this for money. But I, uh, even though I, us as fans don't like it, but we were expected this year not to have an all-star game because of all of the changes. I'm, I'm good without an all-star game this year. Of course, I'll have to watch it because of what we do, but I'm not really anticipating it, guys. I'm not. It's just something that they threw on in the last minute. Hopefully it will work for them, but I'm, I'm not really looking forward to it. I don't think I don't think they're gonna. It's do not it. normal. I don't think they're gonna do it, especially since LeBron has has you know raised question about it. I don't think they're gonna do it in the end. I know they're they're saying that they're gonna they're planning on doing this this and this, but especially with numbers still going up in a lot of these states and a lot of places all over the country, and even in the in the Caribbean, they're gonna let them travel there. I just don't see them doing that. I just don't see them ultimately. They're gonna say, you know what? Maybe this isn't a good idea. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, and, and then too, I think like my main reason for it though is they said no at first. That's the only part. That's what bothered me. Like they said no at first, they should leave it at no. So that's that's why I can ride with LeBron on that point. Definitely, y'all said no, but now y'all saying yeah. And I think if money becomes an issue, and they start throwing money around, then we may end up seeing it, even though we don't really look forward to it. Some of us. So, I mean, it's an interesting development. It's give us something to talk about for the next three weeks. And so we're we going to see what happens with it. You listen to Second City Sports along with Cindy Brown, Lakina Lamont Scott. I am Lakina McGee. Now, now let, let's talk about the, the rest of the league as a whole there, gentlemen. Lamont, I'll start with you. The Lakers had a nice win last night against Denver. That was a, actually a very fun game. They were actually down – they were actually down 12, yeah. you know, actually, you know, in, at halftime, you know, they had a big run, you know, LeBron had his eight triple double tie in Jason Kidd for the most in NBA history. The fact yeah. that he is still doing this at such a high level. I mean, it's just amazing to me still. He sort of led, he led that Lakers come back. And of course, Lakers ended up winning the game. So just, just amazing what LeBron's doing. So, uh, Lamont, I'll start with you. What What do you think about Lamont's, uh, me, uh, LeBron's performance, you know, so far this season? I think what LeBron is doing is amazing. I mean, he has definitely tapped into the fountain of youth. Him and him and Brady definitely drink out the same water. Mm -hmm. So they they, I mean, what he's doing, leading the league. And, and, you know, I think minutes, and he's up at the top of the league in minutes, assists. I mean, at that age to do it, it's amazing. And, you know, you can't do nothing but take your head off to him. Every night it's like he break a new record. And, you know, I know some people saying he just pushing to try to catch Kareem. But at the same time, I think he's done enough to solidify himself as maybe the greatest small forward to ever play the game. So doing it at this age, and attempting to lead the Lakers to another title. And like you mentioned earlier, uh, 
with the NBA, a lot of a lot of teams though, I think may have something to say as the season goes on. And mentioning LeBron, I think when you mentioned him, I heard him say something about he was looking forward to those five days off <laughs> that the All-Star break was gonna have. So yeah. when you look at, you know, age may be playing a factor, but for him to do it the way he doing it and he's not taking nights off, he's actually making some of the quote unquote star players of our day look kind of funny in some people's eyes because they take days off and he's not really taking days off. So, I mean, you know, definitely hats off to the brother for doing it so long. I heard Barkley mention last night about uh, where he didn't play college. So most players had those three or four years on their back before they went to the NBA and did they 15, 20. So I heard them bring that point up on, uh, on the broadcast last night which, you know, may have something to do with why he's still able to have that motor at this age. Speaking of LeBron, Lamont, uh, like you mentioned, he's kept himself in great shape. He's been doing it for, for so long. Like you mentioned, he's been doing it since he's been 18 years old, talking about playing these games professionally. Let's be honest here, he's been going to the finals uh, eight out of the last 10 years or something to that effect. And so he's been playing deep into June every year since 2011. So... He, I know he did a well, previous years with Cleveland the first time back in 07 when they lost to the Spurs in the finals. But ever since 2011, he's been going to the finals almost every year for the almost that whole decade. And it, it will take a toll, but the way he's take care of take care of his body takes care of his body. It's it, it's remarkable. Now going back to who else has impressed me as far as uh, the rest of the league action, the Philadelphia 76ers. They got a big win on Wednesday over the Charlotte Hornets. 118 to 111, and as of right now, they are the best team in the Eastern Conference. You know, you guys know that I don't like the Milwaukee Bucks. I like Giannis, but I don't know Drew Holiday's been doing well. But Chris Milton is not your number two, and the, and the rest of that bench, I'm just not really impressed. I really don't like the head coach Mike Budenholzer, and it's going to uh, reap his ugly head come playoff time. But Philadelphia is good, but they're going to they're going to face some challenges to come playoff time. I know Brooklyn will get to them in just a second, but right now I'm, I'm, I'm halfway believing in Philadelphia, but I want to see them play the Nets uh, to finish off this regular season. And then if we ever get a matchup between those two teams during the playoffs, it's really going to be something. Hey, Sid, quick, quick, quick something. You don't like Milwaukee, Sid? What about Bad Bobby? They got Bad Bobby on their team. You don't like hey, him? they need more than just Bobby Porter. So he's a start, but <laughs> now I was thinking about that the other day. He's a start, but the, you need a, another tough defender, and they just don't have that. They don't. He's a start, but they need more. And that's what hurt them last year in the playoffs against Miami especially. Yeah, I, I got to agree with you. I don't think – I don't think Miami – I mean, I don't think Milwaukee got what it takes – I think Giannis, Giannis stayed with the, with the you know, we're going to bring your brother in and we're going to get some more players. I think they need to go out and get a, a real number two, like you say. Like sending a Bradley Bill over there to somebody like them may be what Giannis needs to help him if he plan on getting anywhere. And you mentioned the 76ers. Joel Embiid is the MVP, man. Like, really. Joel Embiid finally realizing he bigger than everybody else and got talent. I'm so happy every time I see him just bag somebody down and dunk on him. Like, yes, that's what you're there for. Like, I think he can be an inspiration to other big men like Aiton over in Phoenix. Like, that is what you do when you that size. You bag up, bully him, and dunk on him. That's what <laughs> guys do to people. You know, I remember my days of doing people like that. 
you know, and B has looked really good this season. I have to say, you got to give him props. I think he's sort of, I think he started to show that potential that we saw when he was at Kansas. So very happy for him. And I think, yeah, I think he definitely is one of the front runners for MVP, no doubt. Um, Brooklyn, Brooklyn had a, got a nice win against the Clippers. I mean, maybe they are starting to kind of get themselves together here. Maybe they're, maybe um, KD and Kyrie and Harden, maybe they're all still, you know, trying to learn how to play together and play with, you know, play with one another. I think that that's good to see if you're, if you're a Nets fan, you got to like what you're seeing so far, you know, Harden's actually playing defense. Yay. I mean, it's like, he's fine. It's about this time, this time of year where he actually starts playing defense. So in that sense that that's, that's always fun. So uh, Lamont, what do you think about the Nets? I I think they, they going to be okay because what's going to happen is what happened the other night where, Everyone takes more shots than Kevin Durant. Shouldn't happen. James Harden accepted his role as a point guard, and he do really well. Look at them assist totals since he's been in Brooklyn. He's running that. He runs. He runs that ball down the court, and he gives it to the right people at the right time. Once they get it to the point where Durant's taking more shots than Irvin, and Irvin is being that second super wing, and they're allowing Harden to be the point guard he is because he's showing them. I don't need to take 30 shots to get 30 points. I can get 10 or 15 from the line and still have 15 assists and hit the five I take. So once they get that whole Durant-Carrie situation worked out and you realize that Durant is the best option, period, point blank, I think Brooklyn can be very, very scary. I think they need a defensive present. I think that's why they've been starting Dwight Howard a little bit. They need somebody tough back there to uh, knock somebody down when they try to come to the lane. Because you look at if they start running in some of these teams like a Philadelphia, Joel and B might have a field day when they play Brooklyn. So, I mean, it's interesting to see. But, I'm, I mean, I'm happy with what they're doing so far. They haven't been any big media blow-ups yet. So, I mean, be good so far. Yeah, with Brooklyn. Yeah, with Brooklyn, I uh, we've been saying this all year, Lakina. They have a nice team. They can score the basketball with anybody. But in order to compete against the Milwaukee's, against the Boston's, against the Philadelphia's, you're going to have to have a defensive presence back there. If you don't have a defensive stopper back there, you're going to be in trouble. And uh, assuming that Cleveland buys out Kevin Love and or Andre Drummond, those would be the perfect players for Brooklyn because right now they don't have a defensive stopper like you said, Lamont. Uh, a, a person like a Dwight Howard. I, I know he's with Philly now, but yeah, Brooklyn's going to need somebody like that in order to compete. If you expect to come out the East, and I definitely think that they're, and I definitely think that either one of those guys, I think the Nets will probably go after them either via trade or, like you said, said if one or both of them get bought out. Can you imagine Andre Drummond on that team? Oh, oh, oh gosh, <laughs> or any or anybody for that matter, any of the contending teams. I think he definitely would be a definitely a, a good extra bot extra big body you know to be a definitely be his assistant so we'll see you where know, he goes i would have been okay i would have been okay with us making and even though he looking for a new contract or whatever he, with us having to move somebody we can move like if dad was trying to leave and toss market then we can get like a drumming and one of them young people off cleveland for a deal like that i would not be opposed to that and we can try to re-sign them or whatever but yeah, Andre Drummond is a beast. Oh yeah, love, love him. I hope he hope he gets a chance to compete for a ring because I think he definitely deserves his shot. Um, going out west, you gotta say Utah. They've won nine of the last ten. I mean, 
Donovan Mitchell has been, I think you could probably say that he's probably you know, the front runner for MVP right now. Um, they're getting some, uh, they're definitely getting some also some, you know, definitely getting, getting some points off the bench too as well. Utah is. So what do you think about Utah? I mean, I'm sure they want to get that taste out of their mouth for being knocked out early in the bubble. But uh, look, Jordan Thanks. Clarkson, you know, multiple, you know, 23 points off the bench in their last game against Atlanta. Um, Bogdanovich has actually been pretty solid. That, you know, also Mike Conley Jr. So what do you guys think about the Jazz? You think Shaq has something to do with that Donovan Mitchell uh, situation? You know, he called him out about what? week and a half or so ago he called him out on tnt like he called him out and since he called since that call out you're right lakina he's been looking like an mvp i mean he just but, he was, but to be fair though he was doing that before though before she you know that 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 thing with shaq so i i, I would kind of like i think people kind of should slow down on that in that front i think shaq just pushed it up a little more like he was already on like eight shaq just pushed him to a 10 and you know, it's beautiful to see. So, I mean, I, w- I want to see what they're going to do. But you're talking out West, man. Uh, what Steph Curry is doing is trying to remind people that he's still the man. And and I think the league is lucky that Klay Thompson is not there. Because if Klay Thompson was there, Golden State would be in all of these who going to lead the West conversations. And if Klay could ever work himself back to make it be a part of that situation, People, if Golden State could buy somehow sneak their way into a playoff and he's able to come back around that time, it could be problems because all they're missing is a Clay Thompson and they would be in that mix like we spoke of before his injury happened. In the case of the Utah Jazz, uh, as as I talked about it with LeKen the last couple of episodes, I like the, the way they're playing right now. But prove it to me come playoff time. Uh, like you mentioned, Lamont, Donovan Mitchell, he's been – on his game all year. We know what he's done in the playoffs in the years past, but the Utah needs one more star. Him and Rudy Gobert are nice. Uh, Rudy Gobert, the stifle tower, he's the, the defensive player of the year for the last couple of years, but the Utah needs their that third scorer, and they don't, they, they're the poor version of the Milwaukee Bucks. Right now, they just don't, they, they just don't have it, and some of your role players need to come through, like Joel Ingles and some of the other guys, and Jordan Clarkson and those guys. Until they do, they're not going to go very far in the playoffs without a third star. Now, getting back to Golden State, Lamont, and I brought this up during our NBA preview show a couple months ago now. Golden State would have been real nice if Klay Thompson was healthy, but since he's not healthy, you have to deal with what you have. Right now, Kelly Arube Jr., if you watched him on Thursday night against Dallas, he had he had a really good game. They traded for him just prior to the season starting. Steph Curry's healthy. He's doing what he does. Draymond Green, you know, he missed the start of the season. He's now starting to come on, becoming that veteran presence. And also, you got to like what Andrew Wiggins is, is, is doing. I know he's been averaging close to 20 points these last few, few games, but if Golden State can stay healthy and play just slightly above 500 basketball, they will be uh, – uh, of qualifying for that playoffs, but I think if they stay healthy, they'll be they'll be a playoff team. But I don't think they'll go very far. And the injury, the Clay Thompson injury, will really come back to bite them in the in the butt. And, and they might have to book you again. Right, it's gonna it's gonna be a free fall in that Western Conference go the conference. I think the Jazz are sort of trying to trying trying to throw like a monkey wrench into the, those two LA teams battling out for that number one C. We'll see what they do later on in the season. Uh, Portland, Portland had a nice win against Philadelphia a couple of nights ago. So maybe, look. Hello, hello, 
Carmelo looked like he's 32. <laughs> well, they got to hold down. The, <laughs> they got to hold down the floor because it had a lot of injuries right now for Portland. Yeah. Um, Phoenix, Phoenix got a nice win against Dallas a couple of days ago. Earlier this week, I actually got a chance to watch that game. Devin Booker hit a big shot to you know seal that win for them. Um, we talked about Golden State, San Antonio, you know Memphis. You know, Memphis, of course, they've lost a couple in a row because they're just coming back from COVID. So that, that's a, yeah, you know. Streak going for a minute. What? Memphis Memphis had a nice little streak going for a minute. Yeah, they did. Memphis. But unfortunately, COVID, COVID, they had to shut down for a couple of weeks. So now they've lost a couple in a row. But we'll see. Um, Houston, Houston looked good. Has been looking good lately. They had a nice look, win. Harden. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. That's true. That is true. They look better without Harden. You know what? And speaking of Houston, since you brought them up, he might be my most underrated favorite player I've watched this year, Kristen Wood. Oh, love. Oh, yeah. Um, he yeah. had a yeah. He had a, a a nice a nice game last night. Um, he, he he he's smooth. He got some he got some moves, man. I mean, I seen him a couple of times in Detroit, but he he got some he got some moves. I think he might be what they've been looking for. To be around that expel boogie. When boogie come in, boogie looking like a bully again. So <laughs> I like, like I, I can watch a Houston game without Harden taking all the shots. I can watch John well, Wall looks fast. He's, he's so fast. Yeah, he's one of five players to average to be averaging twenty points, ten rebounds, and fifty five percent shooting this year. You know, joining Embiid, Giannis, Jokic, and Sabonis. So pretty good company there for Mr. Wood. Yes. Do you guys believe in the Los Angeles Clippers? No drama this year like the, like there was a year ago. I know they lost to Brooklyn on Tuesday uh, because they're on their current East Coast road trip, but they they got a big win at Cleveland on Wednesday. Do you guys believe in the Clippers? Do you believe that they can actually do something come playoff time? That's that's what I want to see. I want to see them do this in the playoffs. That's what I say. Let me let me see Paul George show up in the playoffs, and uh, we can talk about that. Now, what real quick? What about Dallas? Dallas, you know, lost again last night. Uh, That's the most team in the NBA to me. I'm starting to worry about them big time. Luca is having a good year. I don't know if it's at an MVP type level, which uh, I I predicted, but the yeah, they struggling. They got to turn it around real fast. I'm no. I'm sorry, the King. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead, Lamont. I said, you know what their problem is. You cannot get a ball to Luca every time down the court. They need somebody else. Mm-hmm. Every he can, he cannot touch the ball every time and do something for y'all. Somebody else got. I mean, they gave Hardaway a few dollars. They gave some people mm-hmm. a few dollars. But I think what they was counting on was Porzingis being that other man, and he's not showing up to be that right now. And so you know, don't be surprised if they make. You know, Cuban will make a move. He he's not oh, scared yeah. of money. So don't be surprised if they snatch up. You know, one of those players that's up and coming that can give you 25 a night. I mean, I keep hearing people throw Zach Levine name out there like the Bulls should get rid of him, which is I hope not because he is, quote, unquote, our face, if you want to say that word. But a lot of teams probably could use that 20 points a game anytime he wanted. And imagine him going somewhere where he has no pressure. So, you know, I just hope we keep him. But Dallas has been the most disappointing team all year. You're listening to the weekend edition of Second City Sports, along with Lakina McGee and Lamont Scott. I am Sydney Brown. Guys, quickly before we head out to this break, I want to go to college basketball. 
Uh, we talked about this last week. Lakina, the final line, I had a big win uh, against the Iowa Hawkeyes last Friday night in Champaign. Of course, without Ayo uh, Dosumu, uh, they were uh, somehow they survived against a mediocre Indiana Hoosiers team on the road in Assembly Hall in overtime. Of course, they have a big game this Saturday at 1.30 p.m. Central Standard Time on Fox against the Wisconsin Badgers. I said they had to win at least three, three out of the next five games. Right now, since uh, since the Iowa game, count that Iowa game, they are 2-0. and no. Big game in Champaign this Saturday afternoon against Wisconsin. That should be a fun one, and I think. Mm-hmm. That, that should be a, a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to that matchup. Um, another matchup I'm looking forward to on Saturday is Alabama and Mizzou. Some people are saying that maybe Alabama could be a sleeper for one of the number one seeds. Missouri said, hold on, not so fast. This is her first place in the SEC. So yeah. I'm looking forward to this one, and this should be a lot of fun down in Columbia. And so, all right, it's, all right. Join us, yeah. Join us right now to give give us his quick synopsis of, of the big game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs coming up this weekend in Tampa, Florida, on Sunday. As former NFL quarterback and sports talk show host AM790 in Houston, you can follow him on Twitter at Sean Unfiltered. He's the one and only Sean Salisbury. He's also the friend of the show as well. Sean, welcome to the program. How are you today? I'm doing good. Good to be on with you guys. Thank you. No problem. Of course, the, this matchup is, is headlined by the quarterback matchup between Tom Brady, the GOAT, and Patrick Mahomes, the baby GOAT. What else should fans be looking for uh, in this matchup on Sunday afternoon? Well, there's always, you know, the stars have to rear their head in this game, obviously, guys. And and we always know that. And these two quarterbacks are capable of doing it for four quarters and every single throw they make. The the, the hidden gems for me are, can you prevent Tyreek Hill from taking over the game big play-wise? You know, he can turn so many things, a simple hitch route into against zone into a 70-yard touchdown. If you're the, the, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, can you prevent that big play? Can the Kansas City Chiefs and Steve Spagnola, which they've had success against Brady, generate interior pressure at his legs and at his feet so Tom can't climb the pocket? Um, will Bruce Arians be patient enough not to get into a deep ball throwing contest on third and one? They like to do that. The ball bounces out of bounds. They got to punt. Get the yeah. first down and move. Will Bruce Arians patience and say, okay, we're down a touchdown or we're up a touchdown? Will he, or will he get into doing what Bruce does? He's a great football coach, but he wants to hit home runs every time. Bruce has got to be willing to hit singles in this football game and then let singles turn into doubles, to use a baseball <laughs> phrase, and play small ball at times. Take your shots. To, hey, listen, can't play scared, but you can't play stupid. And you know who, I, you know who told me that phrase years ago was Tom Moore, the 82-year-old coach who's been in the league forever. He said that. He said, don't play scared, just don't play stupid which means take your shots, but if there's three guys on one, throw it to another guy. And so they've got to be smart. But the poise, the weapons, I think Tampa, two guys, Tampa Bay, I think they got to run the football a little more efficiently too. Yeah. Kansas City can run it 15 times and still win. And I, I know it's a passing league and we got to do it, but it, that'll help alleviate some of the pressure on Brady. I would assume that if, the, if, if it comes out like I think it's going to come out in the game, that Tampa will have had to run it eight to 10 to 12 more times maybe in the game than Kansas City because Kansas City runs the screen game very well. And Kansas City can overcome 
not running it a lot because they're so explosive offensively. But the weapons in this game are, quite frankly, frightening. How, how, how about uh, the Chiefs not having some of their O-line guys? Eric Fisher's out. Do you think the Bucks defense will be able to kind of expose that? Yeah, my friend, it is. I think, in, and, you know, these coordinators are so smart, right? Like when a cornerback, like a defensive back goes out because he's got a little sore hammy, they jump on the next guy. Oh, we're going to, you know, the, the smart ones say, well, that guy only had 30 seconds to get loose. It's the Super Bowl. He may be hyperventilating. Let's go attack him. And I think with this, even though they've had a couple weeks to get ready, if you're Todd Bowles and he's a brilliant guy, as is Steve Spagnolo, you say, well, let's find why, why wouldn't I attack the weakness, right? I mean, right now, if you're Kansas City, you're saying, well, the last time Tyreek Hill played against Tampa, he had like 8 million yards in the first quarter, right? And so <laughs> let's not let him get 8 million yards in the first quarter. And it's the same here. Um, I would imagine Todd Bowles is looking at it saying, okay, these, this, this is an efficient, good football team offensively and the best team in the league. They're a better roster. So how do we attack those tackles to maybe force them to get some help? Meaning maybe we can keep Kelsey in on one of these to help Chip on his way out so he doesn't get to take over the game in the passing game. Maybe they have to keep him in a little bit more. Maybe the back can't get out of the backfield, so they only got four receivers in the route or three as opposed to five, which puts stress on your defense. So I, I do. I think it matters. I always I marvel at when people say, ah, they lost the starter, but, but you know, it's not that big a deal. It's always a big deal. It hurts the depth. It's not like this is Alabama where your five-star running back you know, it goes out for a series and the next cat's a five-star and he's better. And he just happens to be a freshman, not a senior or a junior. And they just keep, you know, five-star guy after five-star guy. There's usually, for the most part, there is a gap, hence why the starter's the starter. So I imagine they worked a lot on how they're going to protect this quarterback in Mahomes this week. And you don't have to do it long because the guy's so talented. But yeah, I think that they would be smart to exploit that and, and test it. And let's see with pressure if Kansas City's tackles can hold up. Lamont. Lamont. With, with, all, with all of the big – we know all of the big names that's involved. What could be like a wild card name or a wild card person that could impact this game that we're not talking about amongst all the stars that both teams have? Uh, one of those linebackers like David or, or Devin White for, for Tampa, they are active and fierce and – White's going to get – I think the most underrated linebacker who's good in the league is Levante David. I do. Every time he's, he's around the ball all the time. But they could impact the game and how, you know, tip ball, interception, every now and again blitz. And I'm anxious to see how they are in coverage as well in space against such a fast team. So one of those guys. A name that's a superstar name, but the production hasn't been there in the postseason, is seems like Gronk always rears his head in one of these type games, right? And, and Brate's, Brate's been hurt a little bit, but is supposed to play. I wouldn't be shocked if, if Tom at times decides to lean on Gronk because he trusts him after as many as they've been in this together. And that matters, quarterback relationship. Um, but I, I, part of me for Tampa is leaning on, can Fournette Jones get me some chunk plays to flip the field? You know, like, a, like that run Fournette had what was against Green Bay when he got and took it down and, and it was a huge run, right? And we look back, yeah, it, it, won't be, it won't be one play in the game, guys. It'll be like six or eight plays that are going to decide this. It always is. Now, mm -hmm. we'll point to one if it's an interception, but it's usually, oh, on third and one, you didn't get the first time you had to punt. Mm -hmm. It's, oh, they flipped the field because the guy, their punter knocked it inside the three and then they flipped it back. We got the ball and field. An interception in this, or a strip sack fumble. It'll be about six or eight plays in the game 
and then the stars rearing their head. But yeah, I, I always believe, Lamont, it's a great point about somebody rearing their head. And for Kansas City, you know, I sit here and think, man, if you're like Kansas City and Hardman gets loose on a return game or takes one of those slant routes, makes a guy miss, or Alaire Edwards is uh, – Edwards Alaire, excuse me, is uh, – why, why do I? Yeah, Edwards Alaire. I, I, I got uh, the, the eight name guys. It's hard for me to keep up with, right? I just know he's good, right? Uh, yes. He he he's he's impactful, and they have a way of getting guys. You know, like catch a screen, a slow screen, and then forty yards later they're at the twelve, right? So uh, I think that that uh, that's a group that you know. I think the backs are going to have to be, if not quality, if, if not quantity, quality in this game, right? Efficient with it on both sides. Like I said, Tampa a little more efficient. So I, I, I think that guy – and then like a Frank Clark or a, a pass rusher in the game that just has – or a Tampa Bay of front seven, one of their rushers just has one of those out-of-body experiences. He gets two and a half sacks and strips a fumble because, well, he's putting pressure on the – and he's having – you know, we all have those. You're hoping that game comes like Nick Foles in a game like this, right, where yeah. somebody like, I had the greatest game of my life in the biggest <laughs> game of my life. Somebody will that's not a star. I'm sure they'll say – Look at the game this guy's having, a guy we didn't expect. And I've just given you a few names. But it, it is – if you're one of those that has one of those where you're in the choke part of it where you didn't have your best game, trust me, Mahomes and Brady will find it, especially if you're on defense. Sean Sarsbury, former NFL quarterback and sports talk show host at Sports Talk 790 in Houston, is joining us here on the weekend edition of Second City Sports, previewing the big game between Tampa Bay and Kansas City, along with Lakina McGee and Lamont Scott, I am Sidney Brown. Sean, I know as a former quarterback, you played with the greats of Jake Reed and Hall of Famer Chris Carter. Talk to us about Tyreek Hill. I'm sure if you had a, a talent like like him or, or your team, you would you'd be wearing a Super Bowl ring right now. Uh, defensive coordinator for Tampa Bay, Todd Balls has a challenge on his hands. We well, we all know what Tyreek did in the first meeting uh, earlier this season. Uh, do you think that Todd Bowles will have any special game planning of, to at least contain Tyree Hill? We all know that you cannot stop him. Well, we, we, there's only 11 guys on defense. You may need 15, but I'm not allowed to do that, so that's a problem. And to go back to my Minnesota teammates, the, the thing is I did have great receivers. The problem is the quarterback yeah. sucked, and that was my problem, that, 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 that I wasn't very good. So those, those, those guys were, were better. No, ah, I, don't, 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 don't talk yourself like that. Talk about yourself like that, Sean. I, 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 well, yeah, I can tell you this. We, we, we may not have the same speed, that, and we, AC could mm -hmm. run, but Tyreek Hill's a different cat now, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Listen, when you have this, there's only so much you can do, right? You can play in and out on him. You can press him off the ball, but if you press him and miss and you're in man coverage, you better get your hands <laughs> on him, right? No. I would clutch, grab, beg, borrow, cheat, steal, whatever I had to do to keep him from getting in space. I, yeah. I, I would. I, the, the, listen, here's what I do know this. It's the Bill Belichick way. And let's take the quarterback out of it because the quarterback has the ball so at 65, 70 snaps a game, depending on how good the offenses are. Belichick's philosophy is I'm going to take your best player away. And the truth is, in this game, the most dangerous, scariest weapon, as good as Kelsey is, the, the, the vertical and the ability to run after the catch by Hill, he's the most valuable asset on the field, not named Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes. He just is. So you say, okay, well, what do we do? In the old Dan Patrick phrase, you can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that easier said than done. I'm doing it from my living room. Hell, I got a million ways to stop him. The problem is I don't have to cover him, and I don't have to be the defensive coordinator. <laughs> I, I would say that 
and here's the thing that's scary. If you double him a lot of the game, you know, press and play coverage over the top of him, that type of thing, you know, the, or the schoolyard where you put like they do on special teams. I'd wait for a team to walk two guys up like they do on the gunner on special teams and just sit mm-hmm. there and ride him out of bounds for like 87 <laughs> yards, right? I don't know how you do it. <laughs> but here's the problem. If you do that with him all day, you know what Mahomes is going to do? Somebody that they're getting back to what Lamont said, then like Hardman or Watkins, if you, they'll catch like nine balls because Mahomes will find them. Yeah. Um, and here's the other problem if you decide two or three times, well, let's play man on Tyreek this time on second and one. You know what Mahomes will do? He'll check into a play that makes you pay for doing that. So, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I, you, you know what? You got to be physical, but you can't miss. Um, and I think we lost Lamont, but you got to be physical, mm-hmm. but you can't miss. Um, so I, 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 you just can't let, you know what, he's going to get some, um, Mahomes is going to get his, but I can't let, I can't let him into one of your guys say, I can't let Michael Jordan get 40 and Scotty Pippen get 36. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. Mahomes right. will get his, but I can't let Tyreek Hill get Rodman can go ahead and get 25 rebounds, but I can't let Scotty give me a triple double along with Michael's 45. Right. Mm-hmm. So, right. and that's where Hill comes in. He's the well. Mahomes is Jordan. This is Scottie Pippen, and with a little more speed, I can't let both of these cats, like they did the last time they played, play like Hall of Famers. But Tyreek, you got your work cut out for you, man. The, the I'll tell you the most. The, the guy who's going to be have the most fear on the field this week, maybe Todd Bowles, but he looks so calm, like he's like just like nothing bothers him. Is the secondary, and particularly the guys who are drawn. <laughs> whether it's whoever that might be, and Winfield's going to have to do a lot of hitting. Whoever draws Tyreek Hill has got themselves a world of hurt. You better be really – you better you better say a lot of prayers and hope that the good Lord's watching out for you that day, man. <laughs> what, about, what about the other side? I mean, you got, you know, the Chiefs defense. I mean, they're, they're good, not great. What do you think they have to do to sort of slow down Tom Brady? Because he's got a lot of weapons he can throw to. He can run the yes. ball if he wants to. So what, what can the Chiefs do, defense do to yeah, slow down them? I, yeah, you know what's interesting, too? When, if, you go, if I went into the season or just on the surface, we say, man, who's got the most weapons in the league? We're all, all Kansas City, Kansas City. But, man, when you look at Tampa Bay's weapons – Tight ends, running backs, monster wide receivers. And another name, Lamont, to you to keep an eye on is there. I have this gut feeling that Godwin going to go off this weekend. You know, a guy who's, who's the number two receiver on the team, you know, when he, and just all of a sudden, and he's, he's he, later in the season, he was dropping a few balls. It's almost like that, this, that, that the ultra focus comes in. I, I'm telling you, you know, that's a guy in the passing game keep an eye on because He's going to draw the single most of the time. I wouldn't be shocked if he comes up with some big plays in the game. But, Lakina, to your point, is if I had one snap where I said, which defense can give me the better chance, I would take Tampa's defense in the game. Mm-hmm. I would. Yet, you know, Teron Matthew seems to be a Johnny-on-the-spot great player. I would say that Kansas City's defense focuses. Every defensive coordinator and player is going to tell you, we've got to stop the run first. That's what they all tell you. The truth is when you're playing Kansas City, you don't got to stop the run first. You better stop the passing game first. For Tampa Bay, for Kansas City, the run will be, like I said, I think it'll be prevalent in the game. But I would say that interior pressure. Tom Brady doesn't want to escape sideways. He wants to climb the pocket. And if you get at his legs and force him to where he's off balance but going sideways, unlike the Josh Allens or Mahomes or those guys, Deshaun Watson who can destroy you there, Tom wants to destroy. I call it the hula hoop in the pocket. Any of us who have ever had a hula hoop, Brady lives there. He moves mm-hmm. around in it really well, but he doesn't move outside of it. You let him move around in that, 
and climb north and south and hit that deep dig late, the, the ball, he's gonna, he'll destroy you. They will take shots, but if he's in rhythm and not being disrupted, uh, we are going to have one hell of a game, and, and when it gets, it'll be a fourth quarter game. I still think that's the way it's going to be. One late and probably on the last possession, whatever one of these guys. If the game's in, in check where it's close and winnable, whoever has the ball last, bet on that offense. I would imagine they'll take it down and score. Lamont? And, and speaking of the score, what do you think the final will be? You think it's going to be a shootout type, or you think we're going to get like a 20-21 type situation? I think you're going to have somebody's going to have two or two and a half touchdowns by by halftime. I wouldn't be shocked if somebody scores two touchdowns in the first quarter. I know that that's what 56 and a half, whatever the over under is on it. I have 34, 31 in the game. I, I think the Kansas city chiefs can kind of yawn their way to four touchdowns each week. I, I do. And I think <laughs> Tampa Bay, no, now Tampa Bay has got to realize, okay, well, hopefully our defense will have that great game, but you, you don't want to get, like I said earlier, Bruce, get, if you're down 14 to 10, don't get all there's 14 to three. You're, you're, all you are is a touchdown, a field goal, hang in there, play patient, grind it out and go score. I, I got it 34-31, and I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I do. I think that both offenses are just superior, <clears throat> excuse me, to both defenses, hence why there's got to be some kind of disruption or confusion for both the lines up front on offensive and defensive line creating confusion. You're not going to confuse the quarterbacks very often, but the guys that are blocking for them, if you can create space and lanes to get to those quarterbacks may be different. I got a high scoring game. I don't think there's any chance that this is 17 to 13. Yeah. Final moments with former NFL quarterback, Sean Salisbury here on the weekend edition of second city sports, along with Lakina McGee and Lamont Scott. I am Sydney Brown. Sean, last question from me. Travis Kelsey, the best tight end in the National Football League. He's been shredding defenses all year. He had a good game last year against the 49ers, scoring a couple of touchdowns. Tampa Bay Buccaneers' uh, linebacking court is way better than Buffalo's. What do you expect to see out of Mr. Kelsey on Sunday? Well, right now when you say that, George Kittle's saying, hold my beer when you talk about the best tight end in football, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, but this year, Kelsey, there's no doubt. This year with George Hurt, Kelsey – He's a and, and George would say that himself, I'm sure. This is a pass-catching fool who blocks well enough and disguises protections well enough. I love Kelsey. Run after the catch. Listen, quarterbacks all have a crutch we lean on. And a lot of times, I mean, you look at Aikman, he loved Jay Novacek. Brady mm -hmm. loved Gronkowski. Yeah. Peyton Manning loved leaning on um, Dallas Clark. John Elway loves some Shannon Sharp. You start to go down the list. Think about Phillip Rivers and the quarterback there uh, with, with Antonio Gates. I mean, you go it, – it's phenomenal. And we all – I had Steve Jordan. Now, you all – everybody talks about Chris Carter and Anthony Carter. Ah. Steve Jordan from Brown was a five- or six-time yeah. pro bowler. Yeah. That dude, to me, was so much money. I mean, Steve and I kidded. I said, I know when in doubt he's going to be in the right spot. I mean, all, all those guys were, but in the right spot and knows how – he was like he had a quarterback's mind out there, right? Mm -hmm. So he knew how to manipulate zone and man coverage. So – for me, it was, it, it was the tight end, and it'll happen in this game. To me, I, I don't see how Kelsey doesn't, on a bad game, go seven for 75. I, I, think, it's, I think you have to expect that Pat's going to lean on him, and when it's third and five, you know where he's looking first. The problem is Pat has no problem coming off that and getting to somebody else. So I, I, am, I think that there's a really good chance – that Kelsey will be in the MVP talk when the game's over, if things go the way they're supposed to for Kansas City. We all need a crutch to lean on, and as good as Tyreek Hill is, there is no doubt, as we've seen, 
he's capable of catching 14 balls in a game, Kelsey. He just is. I mean, and the linebackers, like I said, Devin White and Levante David are filthy. That's going to be fun. The one thing you've got to do is you can't – I'm always marvel. I've seen it with Gronkowski in the past in Super Bowls and in games. Why you give those guys space to operate in? That's where they live. I've got to get my hands on those guys. I can't – I've got to at least take them off their mark a little bit so we're not in rhythm throwing to them. So I'm, I'm anxious. It's one thing to be finesse, but I'd actually like to see somebody go all Mike Tyson on Kelsey and, and, and <laughs> really, you know, honestly, get up in, honestly and, and say, dude, you're not, if you're going to beat me today, you're going to hurt coming out of the game. And, and I would, because if you listen, even as good as Levante and Devin are, you're, you're, Kelsey's going to beat you in space. You're not, you're not covering him. And Pat will find you because he can throw to coffee can sized windows, right? So this is a phenomenal football player who's had a phenomenal season. And the problem is we keep talking and we, we keep naming weapons. And it's like, I, I, hey, if you got a remedy, let me know what it is. I'll bottle it up and sell it. And we'll all be rich if you know how to stop that offense. And in that process, I'm still picking Tampa Bay to win the game. I did last August. I took Tampa Bay over Kansas City on my show, pre-show, preseason picks. I said Tampa Bay beats Kansas City in the Super Bowl. I'm still sticking with it. I like that Brady resides in February. I'm going Kansas City to get beat by three late in the game. Brady's dramatic. Tampa Bay beats him 34-31. That's where I'm sitting. Okay. All right. The former NFL quarterback Sean Salisbury. Is that Sean Salisbury? Hello, Rusty. <laughs> is that Sean Salisbury? You get the smartest guy. The smart, I, I'm sitting here struggling like research, research. I could say, hey, man, who caught four passes in 1927 in a playoff game? And this dude knows everything. What well, that would be impossible. There are no playoff games in 1927. See? See? <laughs> you, can't, you can't even fool my man, Rusty. This is by the way, game. by the way, Sean, I'm on you with the Travis Kelsey thing, and I will throw this one little copyat out. Anybody ever see a Super Bowl MVP from the tight end position? I haven't. Do you know? It's never happened. Nope. Yep. There you go. And he's judging. Put well. Last week, if we had MVP, and if that was Super Bowl, he he wins it. What do you have? Twelve catches for about eight million yards. So, I, I'm, I'm this guy. As you guys know, you've had Russell on before. This is one of my dearest friends and most generous people in the world. And there were times when I was at ESPN and Russ was at ESPN where I would be thinking what I needed to get research wise, and he would read my mind and pull it out of my mouth and have it in front of me in about eight seconds. This is the most phenomenal human being on the planet. So he, he's going to actually take this show to another level once I get off it because he's a lot smarter <laughs> than me. Trust me. Trust me. As usual, you're overly kind. And I can vouch for Sean in the fact that all the years I work with him, he never did a Tyson on me. I have both my ears. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, like my passes, I probably would have missed trying to bite Rusty's ear, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you would have gotten to the bourbon meatballs, though. <laughs> That's exactly right. The oh, best. The best. Oh. All right. That was in the former NFL quarterback Sean Salisbury, also a Sports Talk 790 in Houston, every Monday through Friday from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. If you live outside of the market, just download the iHeartRadio app. Just type in a Sports, 7, Sports Talk 790 in Houston and listen to his show. He is great. He's a friend of the program. As you can see, he's fired up and ready to go. Brings the wealth of that passion and information uh, to the football game. Sean, thank you very much for joining us today. Enjoy the game. Let's do it again soon. It's always Lamont, a pleasure talking to you. Okay? Lamont, Lakina, Sydney, thank you. Rusty, I love you. I appreciate you guys. You guys be safe out there. And even though we don't have a full stadium, it should be 
I mean, what more do you want? Look at everything we got. This okay. sets up to be special. I'll turn it over to Rusty. I love you, Rusty, and thank you love guys. Love you for too, man. Great to see you. Thank Have a great day. Stay safe. All right. Thank you, Lakina. I appreciate it. All right, and that was quarterback Sean Salisbury of Sports Talk 790 in Houston. Let's take this quick timeout. We'll be right back with Russell Baxter, Pro Football Talk, ProFootballGuru.com, right here on the weekend edition of Sega City Sports. Ready? Welcome back to the second half of the weekend edition of Sega City Sports. Zoom style. Zoom style. <laughs> Along with Lakina McGee and Lamont Scott, I am so like I should yell out Ricola. Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidK80. Once again, at SidK80, that's S I D K I D 80. That's S I D K I D 80. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina underscore McGee on the IG. You can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott 69 on Instagram, and Lamont Scott 16 on Twitter. You can go to our website, weareregalradio.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L-Radio.com. You can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, along with the other podcast programming from War Media by simply typing in a search engine box, War or Anchor Radio, download your podcast. Make sure you type in that search engine box, War on Anchor, W-A-R-R on Anchor. We're also on YouTube, which many of you guys are watching us right now, at War Media. Once again, at War Media, W-A-R-R Media on YouTube. You can not only listen to us, but watch us do our thing live. Thank you for your support in advance. <laughs> Join us right now as we count you down to kick off for the big game, the NFL's 55th edition of their championship game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs. He's a man full of information. He's also the NFL historian from ProFootballGuru.com. He is the one and the only Russell Baxter. Russell, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing terrific. I can't believe we are two days away. Uh, and I'm sure there are some people who can't believe we're actually having a Super Bowl, um, considering everything over the summer and, uh, you know, it, horrible pandemic that we're still dealing with and so on and yet somehow some way with a lot of shifting and maneuvering and you know remember those little puzzles that had 16 slots and mm. numbers mm -hmm. uh, yeah. that was the nfl season this year somehow it all fit together uh we had tuesday football we had wednesday football we had mm -hmm. monday double headers but it, they got them all in and uh, i would defy anyone to think that these aren't if they're not the two best teams that are there it's one that got hot at the right time, and one's the defending Super Bowl champion. It's amazing how it all transformed. Yep. Where can people follow you on social media? Back Football Guru on Twitter, PFG Vibe on Twitter, and then also a shout-out to my great co-host and co-author, Julie Voigt, Julie Noted, PFG. Um, Pro Football Guru is on Instagram. It's on uh, Facebook. Uh, but I give it the standard Liam Neeson line. If you follow me on Twitter at, at, at Bax Football Guru, um, I have a special set of skills. I will find you. <laughs> follow you and I will follow you back. All right, let's get it started. Of course, uh, this Super Bowl matchup is highlighted by the two quarterbacks, Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, the GOAT versus the baby GOAT. Uh, uh, what else can should fans look for in, in this matchup besides the star-studded quarterback matchup? What are you looking forward to this Sunday? 
Well, I'm looking forward to seeing how the Buccaneers pressure Patrick Mahomes. Uh, as we know, the Chiefs are now down both their starting tackles. Mitchell Schwartz has been out for a while. One of the more underappreciated offensive linemen. You know, he played alongside, well, I shouldn't say opposite to Joe Thomas for a long time uh, in Cleveland and then came over to Kansas City. Highly reliable, but he's been out for a while. And then, of course, Eric Fisher went down in the second half of the AFC title game uh, against uh, Buffalo. Um, and then, you know, so you're looking at Jack Barrett, you're looking at Jason Pierre-Paul, and then Dominic and Sue and what they can do in that, on that front seven. Um, but then you also look at Patrick Mahomes, who has a, an amazing ability to throw the ball from all kinds of different directions, um, underhanded, overhanded, obviously, um, side on. I mean, I, I said to somebody the, uh, a couple of days ago, it's a cross between Aaron Rodgers and Dan Quisenberry. <laughs> okay. And um, it pressure doesn't seem to matter to him. Okay. Um, and what he has done in the playoffs in three years is pretty remarkable. I mean, the Chiefs were a, you know, a storied franchise to a degree, um, had a lot of trouble in the postseason. You know, at one time they had lost, I think, what, eight straight postseason games yep. um, over a 10 year span. Even Andy Reid, when he got there, got off to a rough start. Um, blew a big lead against the Colts in 2013, blew a big lead against the Titans at home a couple of years ago, and then enter Patrick Mahomes. And all they've done is host the AFC title game three years in a row. Um, and again, it's not one-man football, but it's hard to ignore these numbers. They have scored 31 points in six of the seven playoff games he started. The only one they didn't score 31 points, he wasn't around for most of the second half when he got hurt in, um, in the third quarter. And when you also look at what Patrick has done personally in the playoffs, he's thrown in seven games. He has 17 touchdown passes. He has two interceptions. They both came in the same game, Super Bowl last year. He has no other turnovers, okay? I believe he's also run for four scores. So in this playoffs alone, these what I call six-plus quarters, okay, he's – 73% completion percentage, almost 600 yards, um, no turnovers. Okay, so pretty flawless football. And you bring that along with a team that has learned how to play complementary football the last year and a half. It, it, you know, in 2018, when he won the MVP, he scored 565 points. Wow. It's the third most in NFL history. Mm. Didn't do them much good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They scored 40 in Foxborough and lost. Yep. They scored 31 at home against the Patriots and lost. But now this is a team that ever since they got used to Steve Spagnolo's defense, they find other ways to win. It's not the Patrick Mahomes show anymore because it doesn't have to be. Um, the Chiefs are 25 and 2 in the last 27 games. And the one loss was when they sat most of their people in the Chargers. That's, I don't care. And I know people, oh, they only won by six points. Oh, they only won by three points. You know, I checked the NFL rules. You only have to win by one point. Okay. <laughs> I mean, didn't it, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't the Patriots win three Super Bowls in four years and all by? Yes. Four? Yep. And uh, not by a lot I've of points had, either. I've never had a Super Bowl trophy in my hand. But I don't think there's any asterisks on it, is it? Nah. Nope. Not that I know of. Nope. 
Yeah, you win by what you win by and so on. And, you know, between their defense with Frank Clark and Chris Jones and Tyron Matthew um, and the playmakers that they have in general, they're physical. They do so many different things well. And that's why they're on the role that they're on role right now. And they beat this team earlier in the season when Tyree Kill spent the whole first quarter in the end zone in Tampa, you know, over 200 yards receiving in one quarter. So now that being said, you also got a guy who has not had a great postseason number wise in Tom Brady threw three picks in the NFC title game and they're still here. And there's a lot to be said for that because Tom Brady has seen so much. He's got more playoff experience in the, in the Tampa Bay franchise. Okay. And he knows to, even when things go bad to ignore that and just keep on pressing on, you know? So that's what makes this so much intriguing because you have a young buck and a team coming into its own against a very seasoned quarterback and also a very seasoned coach. Let's not diminish what Bruce Arians has done. Two-time coach of the year. Once where he won coach of the year when he was an assistant because he took over Chuck Pagano, who was ill, went to the Cardinals, almost got them to the Super Bowl five years ago. He's been a Bruce Arians track record as well. So this is, this is a fun game with a lot of intrigue, and it's a rematch from the regular season, and it's a team looking to repeat as Super Bowl champion for the first time in 17 years. You know, it's, it's a history lesson as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Which defense do you trust more? Do you trust the Chiefs defense or do you trust the Bucks defense? That's a great question because I trust them both in different ways. I don't trust the Bucks deep, okay, because it, it wasn't just what Tyree killed it. It's what they had problems with all year. They shut down the run, but they also give up their share of big pass plays. With the Chiefs, I trust more the secondary these days than I do their run defense because they have shown a penchant for getting run on, and sometimes their best run defense is to run the ball themselves. So, but, you know, sometimes stats don't even do – the Chiefs defense um, proud. In the Super Bowl last year, you guys will recall in the fourth quarter, it wasn't that they sacked Jimmy Garoppolo a lot. It was that Chris Jones was in his face batting down balls, you know, like a volleyball player, okay? I mean, he had a bunch of deflected passes in that fourth quarter alone. So that doesn't register necessarily as a sack, but, you know, the heat that they were putting on him up the middle and so on. Uh, on Garoppolo was very, very impressive. So um, I, I think it'll be a high scoring game because of those aspects um, that I don't trust either. Neither one of this is an overwhelming defense. Okay. It's just enough defense and it's timely defense. And maybe it's going to be what we have seen so many times in Super Bowl decided by turnovers. Okay. Turnover, the turnover differential in Super Bowl history is one of those mind-boggling numbers that'll blow you away. The winning teams in 54 Super Bowls are plus 99. Mm. Mm. Lamont? We've had, we've had 54, where you hear that? We've had 54 Super Bowl champions. They have turned over the ball only 62 times. Wow. We wow. have had 54 teams lose the Super Bowl and they've turned it over 161 times. Mm. Wow. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh! Ooh. With you being a historian, uh, Russ, 
how do you think history will shine on whichever quarterback tends to win this game on Sunday? Well, the, Tom, Tom, Tom Brady is, is, is history in motion because of what he's done. Okay. I mean, you know, that franchise went to 11 Super Bowls, uh, nine with him, Belichick is the duo. He's now there as a quarterback by himself. He's only the fourth quarterback that, that will start two different, uh, will start Super Bowls for two different teams. Good trivia question. Craig Morton, uh, Kurt Warner, Peyton Manning, and now Tom Brady. Only Peyton Manning managed to win with both of those teams. Okay. Although some people will say that to the end there against the Broncos, he was really hurt and you know, it was more defense than anything else. But you, know, you can make a case with Brady. Some of the Brady's wins were more defense than it was necessarily him as well. But that's not to diminish anything from Tom Brady. Um, you know, he's the all-time leader in, in uh, touchdown passes, you know, depending on what happens with Drew Brees. He'll be the all-time passing leader in yards. Um, he's got all the postseason records. His accolades, you know, it's, it's six championship rings, um, thrown for the most yards in one game in the NFL postseason history, although they lost to the Eagles in the Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. um, he, he, just, he just continues to build on his, his history. Patrick Mahomes, on the other hand, is someone we think, thought we saw early in their careers, and even though they showed flashes – like you know, who had to me still the greatest year quarterback could ever have in 1984. Got to the Super Bowl that year and never got back. Okay, which just shows you how important it is. And Aaron Rodgers, who throws the ball unlike anybody I've ever seen, and we're still waiting for him to throw 100 interceptions, and he's been in the league since 2005. <laughs> okay, um, but you know, much like Brett Favre in that in that franchise and so on, there's always seems to be something missing more times than not. It's defense. Early in this career, we are seeing, listen, no one's won back-to-back Super Bowls in 17 years. Okay? It was Brady and the Patriots in 03 and 04. Just to accomplish that as a franchise is pretty historic because it hasn't happened that much. Okay? Only seven other franchises have repeated as Super Bowl champions. I say seven franchises because the Steelers did it twice. They did back-to-back twice. In fact, the Steelers won four Super Bowls in six years. Think about that in this day and age. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the Packers, the Dolphins, we saw the Broncos do it. Um, we saw the Niners. We saw the Cowboys, et cetera, et cetera. So it's two different kinds of history in two different phases of their career. And, you know, Tom Brady just shows no signs of not wanting to play football anymore. Okay? So to me – even if the Buccaneers lose, okay? And by the way, there's more history. We haven't seen a wild card win a Super Bowl in 10 years. Mm-hmm. That was the Packers in 2010. So, like, for me, he's a history junkie, okay? There's so much to write about here. You know, the whole – and what about the irony of, of, of the first team to play a Super Bowl in their home stadium, and yet at the same time there's real no home field advantage? Yeah. <clears throat> Russell Bassett, or ProFootballGuru.com, is joining us here on the weekend edition of Second City Sports as we preview the big game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs, along with Lakina McGee and Lamont Scott. I am Sidney Brown. Russell, we talk about the big stars from both teams uh, entering this game on Sunday. Who is your one unsung hero, one for the Chiefs and one for the Buccaneers? 
or for a player that people should pay attention to that, that people are not talking about? Yeah, I like it if you say it that way a little better, Sydney, because um, in this day and age, there is nobody unsung and there's nobody unknown. There's no sleepers anymore because we talk about football 24-7. For me, I talk about a 25-8, okay? I, I try to slip a little extra time in there. Um, but two guys I'll be fascinated with. Tyron Matthew has been the difference maker since he got to Kansas City. Okay? And I think some people might not realize, I don't think I realized at the time, because it's not something that gets announced all the time. Last year when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, um, the team MVP was not Patrick Mahomes. The team voted Tyron Matthew their MVP. Okay, that's significant. Okay, and I know I know Patrick missed some time, but his first year with the club, he had made his impact with the Cardinals and the Texans. But what he's come over here and done, and he has been a perfect fit. Steve Spagnuolo's um, defense. Um, it, Travis Kelsey, we could probably get to it a little bit. It's impossible to make Travis Kelsey unsung, okay, for a lot of right. different reasons. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I'll, I'll tell you, when it comes to the Buccaneers, I've always been a big Levante David fan because of his range and the things. But Devin White, in two years, has made a lasting impression. He is physical. He can go from side to side. He can cover. He can do a lot of different things. He can so, I mean, he's a guy you have to be preoccupied. And maybe he's, with all the talk of and Dominic and Sue, and especially Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaq Barrett, those two guys had the five sacks of Aaron Rodgers. Right. Maybe it's Devin White up the middle. Maybe he may be getting in Patrick Mahomes' face a couple of times. That forces an errant throw. So, on. you know, it, that blind side is one thing. But maybe the Buccaneers and Todd Bowles attack Patrick Mahomes up the middle rather than, oh, well, they don't have their starting tackles, so let's attack them that way right. and throw a few curveballs and so on. So to me, Tyron Matthew and Devin White bear watching. Now, you just mentioned earlier when you first came on that no Titan has ever won MVP in the Super Bowl. Do you think it happens this year? If not, will a defensive guy win it, or will it be the usual, will it be Mahomes or Brady and, you know, the same old, same old with the quarterbacks or some on the offense? Well, you bring up the quarterbacks. I'm not putting anything on the spot, okay? But how many t there have been 54 Super Bowls. Do you, have, do you know how many times the quarterback's been named MVP? Does anybody Seven. Huh? Oh, what did you say, Lamont? Seven. I'm guessing. Seven. <laughs> More than that. Seven. Oh, Jesus. If uh, I had a buzzer right now, Lamont, you'd be, eh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, I'll say like 35 or something like that. I know there have been some defensive guys and some wide yeah. receivers. We've had special teams. We had a kick returner. Yep, Desmond Howard. Yep. We had a kick returner. Yeah. We had a kick returner. We've had safeties. We've had um, – We've, had, we've never had a tight end. Just so, by the way, the number is thirty. Uh, thirty times. So we, we, in fact, we had co MVPs: Randy White and Harvey Martin, Super Bowl twelve defensive. Strange enough, we've only ever had tw two times a defensive lineman. The co MVPs that I just mentioned and Richard Dent are the only defensive linemen to ever win. Okay, but Ray Lewis, and then you get the you know the guys Larry Brown. Yep. Um, Malcolm Smith for the Seahawks a couple of years ago, who did a little bit of everything and so on. But, you know, if you remember the first game, and I think Mahomes threw for 462 yards, mm -hmm. and 
And I think uh, Tyreek Hill had the vast majority of that. It's almost a pick your poison. And Travis Kelsey is so consistent. Now, last year, there was almost like a golden opportunity for it to happen. Remember, it was Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. Mm -hmm. Ooh, wow. If if it doesn't happen now, you know, Titans have some big games in the Super Bowl and so on. But, you know, what Travis Kelsey does for them in so many ways, I mean, he is a pest. There's no question about it. (laughs) Because he can be an underneath and an outlet and at the same time a downfield threat. Okay, it's not like, I mean, he, he kind of breaks the mold with a lot of different guys. I'm not saying he's Kellen Winslow, who was, you know, originally Kellen Winslow, who was, you know, amazing. Okay, and he's not Rob Gronkowski, who can take a short pass and do his best Marshawn Lynch and roll over a few people at, at the same time. You know? <laughs> so, but uh, I'm kind of, I, I know who I'm picking, and I am leaning toward picking Cal, uh, Travis Kelsey, as the Super Bowl, Bowl MVP, because I think if they're going to attack the Bucks the way I think they're going to attack them, then he'll have some numbers. Listen, we just saw Julian Edelman win it two years ago when the Patriots won. 13-3 game over the Rams was Julian Edelman. So you go back the last five or six years, the quarterback hasn't been a slam dunk. Right. Lamont? Hey, Della. Oh, oh you, you said, a question, you Lamont. Said. Yeah, no, I was saying, with, uh, with all of your Super Bowl history, What's your favorite Super Bowl memory, and do you think a new one will be made in this one with all of these great players? I I can answer that a couple different ways, Lamont. I I know the thing that I saw at the Super Bowl that, to me, was still very emotional and and so on, and that's when the Patriots came out as a team um, at the Superdome in Super Bowl 36 during 9-11, and that was something that now teams do. Okay, they didn't want to be introduced individually. They just came out as a team. As far as the game goes, of the game, and I've been to 23 Super Bowls, not always at the game, but either at the event or down there for the week, depending on television purposes and what my assignment and everything was to do as far as production and, how you know, different things like that. Super Bowl 32 between Denver and Green Bay in San Diego was quite the affair. It was back and forth. Uh, not many people gave Denver a chance. The AFC had lost 13 Super Bowls in a row, and most of them were blowouts. And Terrell Davis in the migraine, and um, Elway with the helicopter. Um, I just the whole game was back and forth. Denver got out by 10, tied back and forth, back and forth. It was really, as far as a football, I believe it's still the same first and only Super Bowl in history in which both teams scored a touchdown on their opening possession. Okay. So that kind of set the tone for what kind of game. Now, historically, it was a game I was never at, but Super Bowl thirteen between Pittsburgh and Dallas. Mm. I defy you to find anything like that. That's got more Hall of Famers in it than the Hall of Fame. Okay. And a couple more just got named last year, Cliff Harris and Donnie Shell, mm. who was in the game. But that game is Tom Landry, Chuck Knoll, Terry Bradshaw, Roger Stallback, Mean Joe Green, or Andy White, Tony Dorsett, Franco Harris. I mean, it's a who's who all on the field at the same time. I mean, even the owners are Hall of Famers, okay? The GMs and so So it it was just an amazing. So I answered, did I cover your question? I answered it. Yes, you did. Wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) 
Last moment or two with Russell Baxter of ProFootballGuru.com right here on the weekend edition of Second City Sports along with Lamont Scott and Lakeena McGee. I am Sidney Brown. Russell, last question from me. Of course, you have the greatest wide receiver of all time, uh, according to many, including yours truly, is Jerry Rice, of course. And then you have Michael Irvin and Chris Carter, both Hall of Famers. Talk about the impact of Tyreek Hill. Me personally, he's the fastest wide receiver I've ever seen. How would history treat uh, Tyreek Hill kindly, assuming that they win on Sunday? This guy is probably the, uh, um, maybe a, a slightly ahead of Randy Moss. Is the, of, uh, as a freak of nature, is the best wide receiver I've ever seen. Well, what do you have to say about Mr. Hill? He's, he's different in Moss in the sense, and this is not the slight anything from Randy, who burst onto the scene in 1998 as the consummate deep threat, may still be the greatest deep threat. Um, but Tyreek Hill is the kind of like guy who can take a five-yard slant and turn it into a 70-yard play, which he, did, he basically did against Buffalo, which is different from Randy Moss, okay? That run after the catch type of thing, okay? Um, and listen, Antonio Brown's on the other side, and he's another great run after the catch. But Tyreek Hill is it shifts into a different gear than a lot of receivers. I mean, he is blazing fast. He, he, it's almost impossible to get it. Once he's gone, he's gone. And if you really think about the league now, there's not a lot of guys like that anymore that can just run by somebody, almost like standing still. And he's had his share of success in the postseason as well, in a brief time and so on. So um, I, I don't want to say he's necessarily the best wide receiver in the league, but he might be the best big playmaker in the league. How's that? Sounds good to me. <laughs> you, you look, you'll be right on the money there, Russell. Um, the Pro Football Hall of Fame will be announcing his new inductees tomorrow. Mm. On, sat on, on Saturday, the yep. NFL honors. And uh, for me, I mean, look, Peyton Manning Charles wasn't there in. Everyone else is sort of, I just did the shrugs emoji, like, I don't know who else is going to get in. So <laughs> who, do you, who do you think gets in? Because there are a lot of guys on there. Yeah, it's time. You know, Charles Woods and Peyton Manning would see most. I mean, there's obviously a lot of sentiment for Jared Allen um, and Calvin Johnson as well. Um, you know, I always look at some maybe guys who would have waited a little bit. And so Alan Fanica um, could be a guy that – a lot of people were surprised that Steve Hutchinson kind of went ahead of him uh, last year. Um, uh, it, 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 it's, it's a tough call, okay, because the, the, the problem is that – and the voting's already done. They did it early this yeah. year. They, they were kind of forced – um, because of the pandemic and so on to do things a little usually they would meet at the Super Bowl on Saturday yeah. would all be determined so it's already it's been done for like a week or so um, but you look at guys who have maybe waited a, a, a little bit after those two guys um, because I think it's rare now then you also of course have the senior member you know, like Tom Flores as the coach is it finally getting Drew Pearson? Please, yes, yes. Committee guy who you know yes. I definitely believe should be in. So you can't, there's there's aspects of the um, NFL in 1970 that you can't talk about without mentioning Drew Pearson. Okay, uh, the the Thanksgiving Day game against the the Redskins in '74, the Hail Mary pass, the original Hail Mary pass in 1975 mm -hmm. against Minnesota, all those clutch plays that he made throughout the years and so on. So. I wish I could give you a more concrete answer on this one because it's something that I write about all the time and trying to figure out what the voters do.
to me is very, very, very difficult. And remember this year in Canton, it's going to be, it's almost going to be like a makeup class in the yeah. sense that all those guys, they're, technically they're in, but they didn't get a chance to make all their speeches and so on. And last year was the year we had the, you know, the, the centennial class. So it's 20, I mean, it's a huge undertaking this year, granted that we're going to have it this year in Canton and so on. Um, we would kind of be, I'll just throw, I'm throwing out Reggie Wayne for the sake of, it would be interesting because Edger and James was one of those class guys that didn't go in last year. So could you imagine if it was Reggie Wayne and Peyton Manning and Edger and James all in the same afternoon or evening in Canton and so on, although technically edges in and so on. So uh, we'll see. It's tough. I always look forward to, me, to it very, very much. I missed not going to Canton last year. It was the first time in a long time. Um, because they didn't have the ceremonies and so on. So, and obviously somebody's going to be disappointed. And we're going to, the word, sadly, the word we're going to hear more than anything else tomorrow night is snub. Okay. Yeah. Instead of, instead of congratulating the guys that get in. But I, I remind people, if Jerry Kramer could wait 40 years, you can wait five or six. That's true. Yep. Jerry Kramer, Jer yeah, Jerry Kramer went up there and I was there for his speech. You know, it, it wasn't like he sat there and, and lamented and so on. He got there and he's in and that's it. And with and, uh, my last question, going into this Super Bowl, do you think that Brady would ride off into the sunset if he were to win it? No. He just, he wants to play football. You know, he wants to play football. Okay. Um, you know, I, I think in his mind is he wants to play as long as humanly possible and accomplish because he genuinely enjoys the game. Okay. He's a genuine team guy. Um, he'd be the first one to tell you that, you know, he didn't win all these games by themselves. I always throw this out. It's, it's, it's kind of an interesting retrospect. Tom Brady and the Patriots won a Super Bowl the first time he was in it, and he threw for less than 200 yards, okay? Mm -hmm. Brady and the Patriots lost the Super Bowl, and he threw for over 500. Mm -hmm. What does that tell you about the game of football? Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> so does he get credit because they won, and he threw for less than 200 yards, or did he get blamed because he threw for 500? I mean, it's such a team game. I know they do an MVP and all that stuff, and he's – obviously a common link and so on. But the greatest thing about Tom Brady is Tom Brady knows who Tom Brady is. Mm -hmm. All right. That was Russell Baxter, profootballguru.com. You check him out there. Check out his great work. He's full of knowledge. He's the NFL historian. He's always dropping jewels on us, as the kids would say. Sir, thank you for coming on our program today. Enjoy the game. Uh, keep up the great work. We'll have you back on again soon. You really educated our audience and us uh, on the panel here today. So thank you very much for that, and you have a great weekend. You too. I'm going to go find Salisbury now, okay? <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, you do that. You stay safe, Russell. You too. Take care, everyone. All right. Thanks. All right. You too. And that was Russell Baxter at Bax Football Guru. You know, all the nuggets, all the football nuggets. Mm -hmm.
Lucas, he wants all right there in one place on various social media platforms. Gentlemen, all right. So what are you guys looking forward to from this game on Sunday night? Uh, just a good game. All the stars are lined up. Everything's in place. It should be wonderful. Really I'm looking forward to it. So Sean Salisbury, who we had on earlier. Early. I want to see, uh, in terms of the game, whose uh, running game is going to be more effective, Kansas City or Tampa? I think Tampa, who has more pressure to run the ball, is Tampa because we already know what Kansas City can do. Even if their running backs don't necessarily have a, a, a good game, we all know that Patrick Mahomes can run around like a chicken with his head cut off, but he, he knows exactly what he's doing. I want to see how Tampa Bay runs the ball effectively. You know that – a Leonard Fournette touchdown from a couple weeks ago uh, against Green Bay. Those Tampa's longest run of the game. You cannot get away with that against this no. Chiefs defense. Like Russell said, it's not the greatest defense, but it's not poor either. Worse. It ain't the worst. No, no, I'll say they're, exactly. they're, they're definitely yeah, I'll say they're definitely opportunistic and average. So uh, let's talk about a little bit about the prop bets because I've been looking through some of the prop bets in the in the last you know few days, and it's going to be very interesting because we talked about MVPs. Um, Travis Kelsey, he would be the first first tight end to an MVP. Which is, I, I can't believe that. I mean, I, when Russell said that earlier, I can't believe that no mm-hmm. tight end has ever won a Super Bowl. As many great tight ends as there have been that played in this game. It is crazy. Yeah, remember I picked him last year on our radio show, LaKenna. He scored twice, I believe, but he didn't get it because he didn't have enough yards. I thought Damian Williams last year should have won it, but that's a whole other issue. But I picked Kelsey last year. Maybe he'll have, finally get it this year if they win, but – We'll see what happens. He's at plus. He's at plus one thousand. Kelsey is so. It's gonna. It's gonna. If Tampa Bay win, watch it end up being Gronk. If Tampa Bay win, actually Gronk doesn't have no odds here. So if you look, if you guys want to take Gronk, you know, for the Super Bowl MVP, go ahead. Um, some of the others: Tara Matthew at twenty five hundred. Ty- Tyreek Hill at, at plus 1,000, Chris Godwin at plus 3,000, Leonard Fournette at plus 2,800, Frank Clark's at plus 4,000, JPP at plus 4,000, also Chris Jones too. So if you want to take those odds, you know, will a defensive guy win it this time? You know, it's kind of it's every few years a defensive guy wins it. So you want to take those odds, maybe? I, I think know. if it's a – I think if it's a defensive guy, they're going to have to have a return for a score, whether it's a fumble or interception, which would be almost like a Desmond Howard type play because you remember that Super Bowl against Packers and Patriots back in the day, his kick return because New England was coming back and Desmond Howard's uh, kickoff return broke the Patriots and sent Bill Parcells out of town. But that part is another issue. But (laughs) that turned that game around. If a defensive player were to win it this year, that defensive player would have to have two or more sacks, or you had to have a defensive return for a score that turned the game around. I don't, I don't know, Sid. It might be that little little way had 20 tackles, an interception, and a fumble recovery. I wonder if it's going to be a pick six, though. That's what I'm thinking. I think if it is going to be a defensive guy, it's going to be somebody who, who uh, gets a pick six. Yeah. I know the odds are, odds are probably very long, but I'm wondering if that's how, you know, you're going to get a defensive guy to be MVP. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, it's got to be a momentum changer. Uh, I'm not saying Kansas City doesn't have the players to do it, but if I had to pick a side, I think it would be Tampa. They'd they'd be more inclined to do it. Well, I feel a lot. I mean, like I say, I like like uh, uh, Sean Salisbury mentioned earlier. Those them linebackers. I mean, that uh, we've Mm -hmm. been hearing 
um, White's name for what, White, the, yeah. all since the playoffs started. Mm -hmm. He's been making every play. So I'm thinking, is his, what's his odds? Do we have any? All right, hold on. Let me go back to that. Um, interestingly enough, though, the Gatorade shower orange is the odds at plus 150. <laughs> Do they got something about weekend messing up the uh, halftime performance? No, they don't, but they actually have the uh, national anthem. Um, Jasmine Sullivan and Eric Church will be doing the duets. Uh, they actually have odds on who will perform at first. Um, Jasmine Sullivan is at plus 125. Eric Church at plus 130. And they start together at plus 155. Over two, min over two minutes is a plus 100. Under two minutes is plus one minus one, 145, I should say. I'll take the under because they like to get those things done and out the way. Even though they want to be dramatical and all that, I'll take under two minutes. Yeah, and they, then yeah they don't they seem to be like wrong also. Song when it's singing, so I think they'll say. Go and ahead, Mark, sorry. It's not going to be there, right? They're going to probably do it by video, so it's going to be quick. And to answer your question, Lamont, uh, Devin White's at plus 3,000. So if you want to take those odds, uh -oh. you put your yeah, you want to take that money and be a eight name an MVP? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> oh, all right. Mike heads. Studio. Yeah, I can see Lamont uh, laying down a couple bucks on that. Oh, you can do yeah. it legally now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Studio, uh, brand new studio. I'm buying a whole building. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> uh, I'm holding you to that. We're holding you to that, Lamont. Uh, minus 110 for both heads and tails. So you're kind of even odds there. Okay. Um, it doesn't say anything about the weekend because apparently the way they're going to set it up, there's only going to be about like, a little over 22,000 people mm -hmm, there. Mm -hmm. So apparently he's actually going to be performing in the stands. So there's actually no, um, there's not going to be no pyrotechnics or anything like that. So it, I, I'm not seeing any odds for the weekends and his halftime show. Yeah. Uh, I think, what, yeah, real quick, guys, before you get back to the props. I think Russell was talking about this earlier. Of course, Tampa Bay is the first team to play the Super Bowl at home. But I know that the NFL presents this as a neutral site game. But in a way, if you're a Bucks fan, there will be a lot of Bucks fans there, obviously. Of course, you're going to have some Kansas City fans there as well. They're not – the Tampa Bay, uh, they're not allowed to fire their cannon when the Bucks score a touchdown. Right. I, I don't like I don't like that. No, it just seems silly, right? I mean – they yeah. actually, um, the Chiefs actually won't, actually won't be there, I think, until tonight, I think. So they're there. They haven't mm -hmm. been there all week. So, yeah, why not? Yeah, Saturday, yeah Saturday, they'll be there Saturday. Yes. Every someone scored. That way, it's not a problem. Five whenever anybody scores. It's the Super Bowl. Five every time somebody scores. Oh, that's a good one. That would be I, fair. Yeah, yeah, that would be make fair. Make it fair. Make it fair. Somebody scores for the Chiefs, you'll fire the Cannons. If the Bucks, you'll fire. Do it for both. Do it for both. And duck. <laughs> and, oh, say, those, those, those cans can be very uh, uh, lethal if you don't stand in the in the right spot. So I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Um, it's an amazing sound, though. I got a relative that went to one of their games. I hear it's an amazing sound. <laughs> it is. It is. It's very loud. <laughs> I know somebody that lives down there. It's very loud. Um, for a scoring play, a touchdown minus 240. Field goal at plus 170. Any other score, like a safety or, or whatnot, plus 4,500. So if there's somehow there's a safety, you're going to make a lot of money already. You'll be well ahead of the curve. <laughs> you know, someone made some money. When, remember the Giants and the Patriots played uh, following the 2011 season in that Super Bowl in Indianapolis. I think it was the first one at their current home now. You know, the Giants scored that safety, um, scored that safety. Someone bet in Las Vegas and won a lot of money. 
I don't think it's going to happen this go around. But if I would have to pick, I'll say a, a Kansas City touchdown would be what I would place my money on to be the first score of the game. Yes, if they <laughs> got the ball, because whoever gets the ball first. So you might want to come over on that weekend bet with me or something. See, you might, you might. Come <laughs> <laughs> uh, first, first touchdown score. Uh, they have Kelsey and Hill at plus six fifty. Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette, and Mike Evans both at plus one, all at plus one thousand. So. You know what? I'll go with the sneaky pick for people to at least keep their eye on for the first person to score. If you're Kansas City, uh, I hate to use this word, but underdog for a first person to score, Miko Hardman. Mm. Ooh. I can see that. Yeah, he's, uh -uh. Not on the, he's not on the board either. Not, so. not a kickoff. Not a kickoff. We'll get to that in a second, but first person to score a touchdown for Kansas City, Miko Hardman. You saw what happened to him last week. He fumbled the the, the power return, but he came back and scored on the very next series. So watch out for Miko Hardman. I can That's totally see that happening. Underrated. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that, and, there's, and he's not on the board either. So I, if you're mm -hmm. look, if you're looking to make some money, you know, if look, he might be the one to do it. <laughs> yes, definitely looking to do that. So I think and I'm speaking of kickoff, I'm, I'm gonna stick with my linebacker. I think. All right. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of kickoff returns, of course, Devin Hester, um, future Hall of Famer from the Chicago Bears, he scored the only kickoff return, opening kickoff return for a touchdown in the 06 Super Bowl against the Indianapolis Colts in rainy Miami. I won't talk about what happened. Uh, that's a whole nother issue. Mm -hmm. But uh, his record has been safe for the last 14 years, if my math is correct. Will Devis Hester's record be broken with an opening kickoff return for a touchdown? This is an easy one for me. No. No. Oh, no, not happening. That's not happening. No. Okay. <laughs> not happening. Good, we got that out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, absolutely. Will it be a moment turn for a touchdown? Now that I, I, I will say see, no. I, I think it might happen. I think some, look, you, we always okay. know something funky happens, you know. I wouldn't be surprised if there is a pump return for a touchdown. I'll say no, but I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know. I'm going to wait and see. I don't know. <laughs> I think we'll get a pick six before we get a punt return. Hmm. Will the fi will the final score be more than ten or less than ten points? Less. You talking about point differential? Well, no, I mean like yeah, the, the final score, I should say. My bad. I oh, it's gonna be less than ten. Yeah. I think whoever wins this game will win by three to five points. I'll say three. <clears throat> Excuse me. I agree. I, I see. I, yeah, I see less I say less than ten as well. Probably like you said, it might come down to a field goal. Mm-hmm. I definitely can see that. Yeah. As Barry said that he said thirty he said the last second field goal, thirty-four, thirty-one. All right, guys, it's the moment of truth. Now, again, those are some of the prop bets. Uh, there are various websites. I got these prop bets from covers.com slash Super Bowl prop. So, you know, check them out. There are all types of prop bets, you know, and whatnot. So all kinds of crazy prop bets. So if you're waiting for make if you're making looking to make some money. You know, might be something if you got a little. It's legal now in, in all all of the country, so it, it's you know yeah. it's the guilt. <laughs> all right, guys. Final score: MVP and the winner. Go. Um, thirty-one twenty-eight 
Kansas City MVP, Tyreek Hill. Can see, definitely see that. Sid? Buccaneers 33, Kansas City 36. My MVP will be Travis Kelsey. I'll Ooh. pick him for the second year in a row. Uh, oh, okay. I like Hopefully that. I'll be lucky this year. Last year he should have gotten it, but he didn't have enough yards. I explained it earlier, but I will go with Kelsey. Okay. I've been back and forth on this. Um, I, have, I had a couple of friends ask me. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Tampa 33, uh, the Chiefs 30, and I'm going to go with Chris Godwin as the MVP. Oh. Yeah, you better not have any drops. <laughs> I know it's gonna look. Hey, look, take our picks at face value, folks. Don't, don't, mm -hmm. <laughs> don't, don't take our. All right, now besides the Super Bowl, what are you guys looking forward to this weekend? Um, really, not, not Super Bowl. Is, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna catch up on my college basketball because I'm just able to see again. So I'm gonna catch up on a lot of college basketball. But I know why y'all, why I hadn't had a chance to be on with y'all. Chicago made a big splash in the free agency market, and they got Candace Park. <laughs> and so mm -hmm. I got my WNBA tickets in line, if I'm still in this state at the time. But, yes, I meant I hate I didn't get a chance to get on with y'all and tell y'all that. So I've been watching a lot of college women's basketball, more than the men, actually. So my bad. I oh, in Florida a and I watched them for family reasons. What about you, Sid? Uh, yours truly is a big college uh, basketball game for the Final Night on Saturday. They'll host Wisconsin, as we mentioned earlier, at 1.30 p.m. Saturday on National Fox TV. So big game for Illinois as they try to climb up the top of the Big Ten standards. Of course, their game against Michigan again coming up, I believe, next week. has been postponed due to COVID issues from the Michigan Wolverines program. Yeah. And also, too, looking forward to the Bulls. Can they sweep the two-game series on the road in Orlando this weekend? Uh, tough loss against the Knicks. They split against the Knicks early this week. So they see if they can get back on track. As you mentioned, can they get a lesser opponent now dealing with uh, Aaron Gordon not being the lineup for Orlando? And Markel Fultz. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Also, Fultz is out for the rest of the year. Absolutely. So, um. Yeah, for me, look, of course, the college football, you guys just mentioned it, uh, the NBA, you guys, we, we talked about it earlier besides the uh, Super Bowl. So should be a great sports weekend and some big break news in the MLB. Travis, Travis Bauer has found, has now his new home. Uh, any quick, 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 any guesses? The Dodgers. Sid? No, it's the New York Mets. They spend money like crazy <laughs> and they finally got their man. They picked up James McCann, the catcher uh, from the Chicago White Sox a few weeks ago. Now they get Trevor Bauer. They picked up Francisco Lindor. On paper, it's a nice team. And at least we talked about this a couple weeks ago, Lakina. I know we haven't had spring training yet. I know we're short on time. We'll get into this more next week in our next episode. But uh, the Mets is looking like a nice team. I'm not saying they're going to win the whole thing or going to win the division. But uh, they look nice so far on paper. Well, uh, yeah, well, you know what? Uh, actually, uh, Sid Lamont's right. Uh, Trevor Bauer just announced it about 15 minutes ago on his Twitter. Oh, okay. He is going to the Dodgers. Yep. Okay. Yep. I know early reports have said the Mets, but he switched his mind the last second, huh? Mm -hmm. you, you, see, uh, you see Dexter Fowler mm -hmm. on the move again. Oh, yeah. Going, going, to, going to the Angels. Yep. Angels, yeah. 
Yeah, reunited uh, with yep. Mr. Madden. Yep. Very cool. So on that note, you follow me at Keenan McGee on Twitter and at Keenan underscore McGee on the IG. You can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott 69 on Instagram, and Lamont Scott 16 on Twitter. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, that's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. You can go to our website, weareregalradio.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L radio.com for more information about our articles, uh, articles on culture, it, all, everything else in between. You can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, along with the other podcast programming from War Media by simply typing in that search engine box War on Anchor. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, that iHeartRadio app. Wherever you download your podcast, make sure you type in that search engine box W-A-R-R on Anchor. We're also on, on the tube, aka YouTube at War Media. Once again at W-A-R-R Media. That's once again on YouTube. You can not only listen to us, but watch us do our thing live in advance. We thank you for your support. Mwah! Thank you, thank you. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Yes. And we also like to thank once again our buddies of the program, Sean Salisbury and Russell Baxter. So enjoy the Super Bowl. Enjoy this you know, great sports weekend in general. So stay safe out there, you guys. I know it's gonna it's snowy in some parts of the country, especially here in Chicago. It's also gonna get very cold in most of the country. So please bundle up. Keep your mask on, guys. Do not use this as an excuse to do that. Keep your distance and uh, be good to each other. For the guys, I'm Lakina. This is Second City Sports, and we'll see you next week. Enjoy the big game. Till next time, holla. <laughs>